Section 8 of Personal Memoirs of U.S. Grant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jim Clevenger. Personal Memoirs of U.S. Grant by Ulysses S. Grant. Chapter 8. Advance on Monterey. The Black Fort, the Battle of Monterey, surrender of the city. The advance from Camargo was commenced on the fifth of September. The army was divided into four columns, separated from each other by one day's march. The advance reached Seralvo in four days and halted for the remainder of the troops to come up. By the 13th, the rear guard had arrived, and the same day the advance resumed its march, followed as before, a day separating the divisions. The forward division halted again at Marin, 24 miles from Monterey. Both this place and Seralvo were nearly deserted, and men, women, and children were seen running and scattered over the hills as we approached but when the people returned they found all their abandoned property safe which must have given them a favorable opinion of los gringos the yankees from marin the movement was in mass on the nineteenth general taylor with his army was encamped at walnut springs within three miles of monterey the town is on a small stream coming out of the mountain pass and is backed by a range of hills of moderate elevation to the north between the city and walnut springs stretches an extensive plain on this plain and entirely outside of the last houses of the city stood a strong fort enclosed on all sides to which our army gave the name of black fort its guns commanded the approaches to the city to the full extent of their range there were two detached spurs of hills or mountains to the north and northwest of the city which were also fortified on one of these stood the bishop's palace the road to saltillo leaves the upper or western end of the city under the fire of the guns from these heights the lower or eastern end was defended by two or three small detached works armed with artillery and infantry to the south was the mountain stream before mentioned and back of that the range of foothills the plaza in the center of the city was the citadel properly speaking all the streets leading from it were swept by artillery cannon being entrenched behind temporary parapets the housetops near the plaza were converted into infantry fortifications by the use of sandbags for parapets such were the defenses of monterey in september eighteen forty seven general Ampudia, with a force of certainly ten thousand men was in command general taylor's force was about six thousand five hundred strong in three divisions under generals butler 
twigs and worth the troops went into camp at walnut springs while the engineer officers under major mansfield a general in the late war commenced their reconnaissance major mansfield found that it would be practicable to get troops around out of range of the black ford and the works on the detached hills to the northwest of the city to the saltillo road with this road in our possession the enemy would be cut off from receiving further supplies if not from all communications with the interior general worth with his division somewhat reinforced was given the task of gaining possession of the saltillo road and of carrying the detached works outside the city in that quarter he started on his march early in the afternoon of the twentieth the divisions under general butler and twiggs were drawn up to threaten the east and north sides of the city and the works on those fronts in support of the movement under general worth worth's was regarded as the main attack on monterey and all other operations were in support of it his march this day was uninterrupted but the enemy was seen to reinforce heavily about the bishop's palace and the other outside fortifications on their left general worth reached a defensible position just out of range of the enemy's guns on the heights northwest of the city and bivouacked for the night the engineer officers with him captain sanders and lieutenant george g meade afterwards the commander of the victorious national army at the battle of gettysburg made a reconnaissance to the saltillo road under cover of night during the night of the twentieth general taylor had established a battery consisting of two twenty-four pounder howitzers and a ten-inch mortar at a point from which they could play upon black fort a natural depression in the plain sufficiently deep to protect men standing in it from the fire from the fort was selected and the battery established on the crest nearest the enemy the fourth infantry then consisting of but six reduced companies was ordered to support the artillerists while they were entrenching themselves and their guns i was regimental quartermaster at the time and was ordered to remain in charge of camp and the public property at walnut springs it was supposed that the regiment would return to its camp in the morning the point for establishing the siege battery was reached and the work performed without attracting the attention of the enemy at daylight the next morning fire was opened on both sides and continued with what seemed to me at that day great fury my curiosity got the better of my judgment and i mounted a horse and rode to the front to see what was going on i had been there but a short time when an order to charge was given and lacking the moral courage to return to camp where i had been ordered to stay i charged with the regiment as soon as the troops were out of the depression they came under the fire of black fort as they advanced they got under fire from batteries guarding the east or lower end of the city and of musketry 
about one-third of the men engaged in the charge were killed or wounded in the space of a few minutes we retreated to get out of fire not backward but eastward and perpendicular to the direct road running into the city from walnut springs i was i believe the only person in the fourth infantry in the charge who was on horseback when we got to a place of safety the regiment halted and drew itself together what was left of it the adjutant of the regiment lieutenant hoskins who was not in robust health found himself very much fatigued from running on foot in the charge and retreat and seeing me on horseback expressed a wish that he could be mounted also i offered him my horse and he accepted the offer a few minutes later i saw a soldier a quartermaster's man mounted not far away i ran to him took his horse and was back with the regiment in a few minutes in a short time we were off again and the next place of safety from the shots of the enemy that i recollect of being in was a field of cane or corn to the northeast of the lower batteries the adjutant to whom i had loaned my horse was killed and i was designated to act in his place this charge was ill-conceived or badly executed we belonged to the brigade commanded by lieutenant colonel garland and he had received orders to charge the lower batteries of the city and carry them if he could without too much loss for the purpose of creating a diversion in favor of worth who was conducting the movement which it was intended should be decisive by a movement by the left flank garland could have led his men beyond the range of the fire from black fort and advanced towards the northeast angle of the city as well covered from fire as could be expected there was no undue loss of life in reaching the lower end of monterey except that sustained by garland's command meanwhile quitman's brigade conducted by an officer of engineers had reached the eastern end of the city and was placed under cover of the houses without much loss colonel garland's brigade also arrived at the suburbs and by the assistance of some of our troops that had reached housetops from which they could fire into a little battery covering the approaches to the lower end of the city the battery was speedily captured and its guns were turned upon another work of the enemy an entrance into the east end of the city was now secured and the houses protected our troops so long as they were inactive on the west general worth had reached the saltillo road after some fighting but without heavy loss he turned from his new position and captured the forts on both heights in that quarter this gave him possession of the upper or west end of monterey troops from both twiggs and butler's division were in possession of the east end of the town but the black fort to the north of the town and the plaza in the center were still in the possession of the enemy our camps at walnut springs three miles away were guarded by a company from each regiment 
a regiment of kentucky volunteers guarded the mortars and howitzers engaged against black fort practically monterey was invested there was nothing done on the twenty-second by the united states troops but the enemy kept up a harmless fire upon us from black fort and the batteries still in their possession at the east end of the city during the night they evacuated these so that on the morning of the twenty-third we held undisputed possession of the east end of monterey twiggs's division was at the lower end of the city and well covered from the fire of the enemy but the streets leading to the plaza all spanish or spanish-american towns have near their centers a square called a plaza were commanded from all directions by artillery the houses were flat-roofed and but one or two stories high and about the plaza the roofs were manned with infantry the troops being protected from our fire by parapets made of sandbags all advances into the city were thus attended with much danger while moving along streets which did not lead to the plaza our men were protected from the fire and from the view of the enemy except at the crossings at these a volley of musketry and a discharge of grape-shot were invariably encountered the third and fourth regiments of infantry made an advance nearly to the plaza in this way and with heavy loss the loss of the third infantry in commissioned officers was especially severe there were only five companies of the regiment and not over twelve officers present and five of these officers were killed when within a square of the plaza this small command ten companies in all was brought to a halt placing themselves under cover from the shots of the enemy the men would watch to detect a head above the sandbags on the neighboring houses the exposure of a single head would bring a volley from our soldiers we had not occupied this position long when it was discovered that our ammunition was growing low i volunteered to go back to the point we had started from report our position to general twiggs and ask for ammunition to be forwarded we were at this time occupying ground off from the street in rear of the houses my ride back was an exposed one before starting i adjusted myself on the side of my horse furthest from the enemy and with only one foot holding to the cantle of the saddle and an arm over the neck of the horse exposed i started at full run it was only at street crossings that my horse was under fire but these i crossed at such a flying rate that generally i was passed and under cover of the next block of houses before the enemy fired i got out safely without a scratch at one place on my ride i saw a sentry walking in front of a house and stopped to inquire what he was doing there finding that the house was full of wounded american officers and soldiers 
I dismounted and went in. I found there Captain Williams of the Engineer Corps, wounded in the head, probably fatally, and Lieutenant Terrett, also badly wounded, his bowels protruding from his wound. There were quite a number of soldiers also. Promising them to report their situation, I left, readjusted myself to my horse, recommenced the run, and was soon with the troops at the east end. Before ammunition could be collected, the two regiments I had been with were seen returning, running the same gauntlet in getting out that they had passed in going in, but with comparatively little loss. The movement was countermanded, and the troops were withdrawn. The poor wounded officers and men I had found fell into the hands of the enemy during the night, and died. While this was going on at the east, General Worth, with a small division of troops, was advancing towards the plaza from the opposite end of the city. He resorted to a better expedient for getting to the plaza, the citadel, than we did on the east. Instead of moving by the open streets, he advanced through the houses, cutting passageways from one to another. Without much loss of life, he got so near the plaza during the night that before morning, Ampudia, the Mexican commander, made overtures for the surrender of the city and garrison. This stopped all further hostilities. The terms of surrender were soon agreed upon. The prisoners were paroled and permitted to take their horses and personal property with them. My pity was aroused by the sight of the Mexican garrison of Monterey marching out of town as prisoners, and no doubt the same feeling was experienced by most of our army who witnessed it. Many of the prisoners were cavalry, armed with lances and mounted on miserable little half-starved horses that did not look as if they could carry their riders out of town. The men looked in but little better condition. I thought how little interest the men before me had in the results of the war, and how little knowledge they had of what it was all about. After the surrender of the garrison of Monterey, a quiet camp life was led until midwinter. As had been the case on the Rio Grande, the people who remained at their homes fraternized with the Yankees in the pleasantest manner. In fact, under the humane policy of our commander, I question whether the great majority of the Mexican people did not regret our departure as much as they had regretted our coming. Property and person were thoroughly protected, and a market was afforded for all the products of the country, such as the people had never enjoyed before. The educated and wealthy portion of the population here, as elsewhere, abandoned their homes and remained away from them as long as they were in the possession of the invaders but this class formed a very small percentage of the whole population end of section eight recording by jim clevenger little rock arkansas jim at j o c c l e v dot com